Oh, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to dig into this 14th Amendment removal or disqualification of Donald Trump from the ballot in 2024. Interesting stuff going on there. Um, could be, could be, a different story, could be that uh, Joe Biden's issuing work authorizations to take advantage of a loophole in states like New York that will allow immigrants to, illegal immigrants to vote. That's a great one. Um, Bidenomics, going to talk about its major success stories. And there's some weirdness going on with the housing market. And, you know, I guess it follows the economy as a, as a, a whole, but the housing market in particular, we're going to dig into that tonight. If you're watching the replay, skip ahead three minutes, watch the rest of the show, hit the thumbs up, follow the channel, all the, all the free things, and we'll be back in a minute.
up, guys? Alex McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota in her scary Halloween Georgia Bulldogs costume. What's up, Danny? I'm dressed as the two-time national champs, baby. Yes, you are, two-time national champs. What's up? I'm going to take your word for it that that's true. Just destroyed Florida this weekend, BT Dubs. Really? Oh, Lord Jesus, yes. Florida scored on their first possession and then didn't score again until late. And I believe it was the third quarter, which is a long, I mean, quarters. So it's, you know, I know you don't know football, but you can tell just by the fractions there that that's a long time. Yes. Seems like a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, Georgia Bulldogs. Well Thank done. You, uh, this is a TPS report for Monday, October 30th, 2023. The um, All Hallows' Eve, 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 yeah, I guess. I I have nothing. I'm not a fan of Halloween. Don't celebrate it. It's not a holiday. It's a ridiculous thing. Um, but. For those of you that do tomorrow night, I hope you have a very nice um, Halloween, enjoying what you enjoy, and um, you know maybe instill a little worth at work ethic into your little beggar kids and make them put in some effort this year. That's all I'm saying. A little bit of effort to go begging yeah. for candy. Yeah, Better, do not drive them around. At least make them walk. Yeah, make them walk. Little chunk monsters need. They're gonna. Need to burn those calories anyway, right? Anyway. It's snowing here. It's going to be like 18 degrees tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cameron says Alex dressed up like an, he recycled his joke from uh, the last show. What did he say? I love it when people do that. They say something they think is immensely funny that they have to recycle it and say it again. He said, I dressed up like a Halloween for, like an asshole for Halloween. It's when did, the same joke he made on the last show. In the oh, I didn't. Of the last show. Yeah. I didn't see it in the last it show. It was so funny. He decided to use it twice. It is funny. It is quite good. Actually. I think it's funny. And we didn't, I, we didn't read it last time. So I'm glad that he recycled it. Well, he posted it in the comments on the replay. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Rather than in the, uh, rather than in the well, live Well, good. Chat. Well, Cam, thank you for being here. And thank you for posting that live so that we could enjoy it. Cause that's funny. Yes. Um, I'll tell you who isn't here tonight is Michelle Brown and uh, our thoughts are Michelle. I, I think Michelle will probably watch the replay. Michelle, you're in our hearts and minds. Uh, our thoughts go out to you and your entire family. Uh, Michelle's family experienced a loss and um, I'm not going to go into too many details. We'll, we'll, if Michelle respect wants their to. privacy but yeah yeah just know that um, we love you and we're praying for you sister yes and we're uh, very sorry. we hope to see you back here very very soon but yeah we you're in our uh, you're in our hearts and minds michelle um you know what while we're talking let's let's say hi to because we're going to start the show with a mia culpa uh yeah i'm gonna say hi to our friends first um holly El uh yeah holly allison's here hey sister uh, just for fun radio, I almost forgot the name. I, I don't watch it anymore, so it's probably uh, just for fun radio. I think. What's up, Holly? Good to say it's not true. I do watch it. I pop. I was in like, "What the fuck out. are you doing?" I pop in and out. Just so you know, Holly, the reason I don't, I, I, have, I do watch. I pop in and out. I've been remarkably busy, but I'm not going to say anything in the chat because I don't want Scotty to cuss. 
I don't want Scott to swear. Right. You don't. And, he doesn't want to trigger Scott. And I trigger so. Scott's cussing, his swearing. I'm the sole. I am the sole uh, person who instigates that. I am entirely Whether to blame. Whether you're there or not, really. I am entirely to blame for Scott's foul language, even though I wasn't watching the show or in the comments or uh, anywhere in the vicinity of the show when he was cussing. I accept the blame completely. I apologize profusely, uh, but I won't be commenting in the chat. So just so you know, uh, your mom's here. Hey, Rita. Hi, Mama. Good to see you. Janine is here. What's up, Janine? Hey, Janine. Uh, Bill Campbell's here. Semper Fi, Bill. Hey, Bill. Jake Kukin is here. What's up, hey, Jake? Jake. Uh, Peggy, uh, Peggy Brown is here. Hey, Peggy. What's up, Peggy? Joy is with us. Hey, Joy. Hello, sister. Dondra is here. What's up, Dondra? Hey, Dondra. Dondra tells me to watch my mouth and go dogs. Go I dogs, don't, I didn't see anything about, bad about the dogs. I, I You were making fun of my costume. Go dogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just saying my, it was... My two-time national champion. Yes. Georgia. Yeah. Undefeated. There's Cameron. Cameron Anderson, Brushfire, the Brushfire Mind. You can find them here. On, you can find them on YouTube and everywhere, but find them here on Rumble. And uh, if you want to, if you can, follow them here on Rumble. They do um, their con the commentary very similar to ours. Yes. Less factual, but very similar to ours. More factual when Cam's <laughs> there, I think. A lot more. Yeah. More factual when Cameron's there. Um, yeah. God. I'm on a roll today. Yeah, yeah dude. We're, we are going to have no friends left yes. at the end of this show. But that, we'll have each other. It's yeah. Okay. It's right. It's Halloween. It's, it's yeah. uh, a, I don't know, day for throwing out spirits or something. You know, we're not it's, entirely it's kind sure. of funny. We're steady losing viewers and we, not viewers, but subs. And we only kind of care because we're not. We, and we've talked about this before. And I know we're still saying hi to people and we'll finish. But we're not unlike some other folks. We're not going to change our opinions or change our show for for, to, for subscribers to maintain subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, we have principles, we have beliefs and we have morals and um, they we are love what our subscribers. We're glad that you're here. You're welcome to be here if you, you know, even if you disagree with us. But, yeah, we're not going to change what we say or not say what we believe to gain or keep subscribers. So if you're waiting Yes. Grab you a Coke and get yeah. a comfy chair. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're waiting for either of us to change yeah. our positions on certain things, nope. it's not going to happen. No. Um except this one time. And this isn't changing well, my position. Yeah, we will this absolutely is, this is, admit when we make a mistake. Well, but and this isn't even your mistake. I brought this. You hadn't even seen this until five minutes before the show. And right. I'm talking about a uh video I played of um oh what's her name the Thunberg, uh Greta Thunberg where is it how dare you that yeah. chick um I played a video of a Greta Thunberg Thunberg whatever it is talking about uh sustainable warfare turns out or, or at least now they're saying it's fake go on can I say one thing so I did notice in the bottom right hand corner when we were watching it there was this little like weird meme looking thing was it really? on the video and I was like what the fuck is that but I noticed it live on the air and so I really I should have said something then but I was like yeah what's that anyway go ahead well it turns out they're now saying it's fake they're saying it's a uh, deep fake I guess AI generated thing. Listen, I obviously didn't pay. 
it seemed like the kind of batshit crazy stuff that girl would say. It's important to point out that that video was overshadowed by her blatant racist Nazism right. in the following story. Right. The fact that she is, in fact, a Nazi uh, right. with her little Nazi anti-Semitic uh, plushies, yeah. I, I think, is... Um, the more important takeaway of the story that night. However, that video I played was uh, a deep fake AI generated. Here's the thing. This is going to become more and more prevalent, right? And as long as, as long as there are good people on both sides is still hanging out in the narrative of the mainstream media taken wildly out of context. I'm okay with one slipping by me every now and then. Well, here's the thing. Yes, one slipped by us. We 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 missed it. But I think it's a teachable moment that, like you said, they're out there and they're going to be out there. And yeah. that was funny. And we missed that one. And it, it is a fake because uh, I don't know if you've seen, but I've seen the original video and it's just heard bloviating about blah blah global warming you know and talking about how like i mean it's just like who like who gives a shit stuff her talking about when she was a kid and she became a vegetarian and then made her parents change and all of that yeah and that's that video that was changed but here's the point like you said i mean that was a joke and it was anyway um, but there are going to be fakes out there and we must be vigilant. We also, and there was another story that we reported. And as we were reporting it, we said, we've only seen this from one source. We do not know if this is real, but we just want to tell you that we saw this just in case it is real. So you can be aware of it. And it was the, the dude taking his, um, yeah, his taking his country off music of, off of Spotify. Right. And y'all, here's what that was. That was an intentional fake. It was a, a blog website made to look like an actual news site. And I saw another one of those the other day. Y'all, and Al, I don't know if you saw this one. Y'all might have seen this one. But it was about four um, student athletes' uh, scholarships being revoked or something similar because they, ne they knelt, kneeled, whatever, uh, refused to stand during the national anthem. Right. And I was like, uh, and it was a big school. I can't remember what school it was. It was fake. It's all fake. And when you Google the story, you find that site. It's a blog site. So my point being, y'all, we have to be careful and we have to be vigilant because I feel like some of this is being produced so that our side will jump. Yeah. And will blow up these stories and make arguments that aren't real arguments. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the case of that country singer removing his music, the night we reported it, we said, listen, we can't verify right. this anywhere. And yep. then the very next show, the very next show, I, I gave another one of these disclaimers. Yep. Turns out that story was in fact fake. I didn't, I didn't give a disclaimer on the Greta Thunberg video. Um, I, I just, Listen, that was me. My bad. I took it for granted that was real. Turns out it wasn't. I still would have played it had I known it was a fake. I still would have played it. Right. But of course, we would have gone along with the joke. Well, and if we had listened a little to a little bit more of that deep fake, it, go, it goes into vegan grenades. Does it and really? How, 
Yeah, when you oh, when shit. you shop wherever you shop for grenades, you can find the vegan sticker on them. Mm. So you just have to be vigilant when you're shopping for your war That's munitions. Amazing. Maybe we'll play that again, but in the proper context on another yeah. show. I mean, it is really funny, but but here's the thing: if I, if I get one wrong, I'll correct myself when I right. find out that I'm wrong. I found out that was a, a, a fake thing. So here I am telling you, hey, listen, that was fake. Because we want to bring you accurate information. We want to bring you the truth. We will still bring you satire. We're still going to bring you, you know, funny. But we'll make sure you understand, hey, this particular aspect is satire. This part is just us making jokes. This is me speculating. But when it comes to, to facts, we try to be as accurate as humanly possible. And I dropped the ball on the Greta video. Still a good video. I Still wish funny. I'd have played the whole thing. Now, now that you say that vegan grenades were in there, maybe maybe would have figured out in real time that, right. hey, this can't be real. But there you go. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, let's move on to tonight's story, shall we? I want to talk about this one. Democrats are pushing for work authorizations for migrants so they can vote. Well, how, how can that be? People may be wondering, how does a work authorization give you the right to vote? Well, it's because of a, a, a law that was passed in New York in 2021. The fine print, the fine print of the Our City, Our Vote law enacted in December 21, says that anyone with a work authorization who's been in the city for a mere 30 days can vote, even if that person entered the country illegally, Danielle. Biden's recent action, fast-tracking work authorizations for Venezuelan border crossers, who make up about 41% of the Big Apple's recent arrivals, will make tens of thousands of them eligible to vote under the city law as soon as they obtain their working papers. The great—listen, the repl great replacement theory— Obviously, the media refers to that as a conspiracy theory. Right. Does this maybe chip away at the narrative that that's a conspiracy theory? Maybe. A little bit, yeah. Um, listen, I, I'm... If you're here... 100% legally, let's say you went through all the hoops, you jumped through all the hoops, all the legalities, all the paperwork, the interviews, the uh, all the all the things necessary to get a green card. And, um, and it costs you all the money that it costs you. Do you know what you still cannot do? You can't, With a green card? You can't vote. Vote, yeah. Yeah, you cannot vote. New York wants to make it to where illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, illegal invaders, as Chris calls them, can vote in, I'm assuming, just local elections. I don't know. The story doesn't, uh, or at least I can't find in the story where it clarifies what they can vote in. Um... 
but I, I think it's just local and maybe state elections, not now, not federal elections. Right. Washington DC have done the same thing in November of 2022. They rammed through a local law allowing non-citizens, even foreign embassy employees to vote as long as they've resided in the city for 30 days. Not even a one-year residency requirement. 30 days. You know to run for office, you have to establish residency, right? Right. To be able to run for office. And um, I believe here in Georgia, that residency requirement is in fact a year to be able to run for office. These folks are okay with 30 days for a non-citizen to be able to, to vote and affect the outcome of elections. And yeah, quite frankly, diminish the voting power of lawful American citizens. Is anyone okay with this? Anyone in the chat? Put your hands up if you're okay with this. While they're doing that, according to Reuters, uh, the law... Um, allowed an estimated 800,000 to a million non-citizens living in the city as uh, lawful permanent residents to the United States. Is that is this the same thing? Uh, to work here to vote in elections for city office, including those for the mayor's office and local council members, but not statewide or federal elections. Yeah, um, I, I got a paragraph here that says, adding some 800,000 yep. non-citizens to the 5 million registered voters. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to have an impact. Right? Yeah, this says 6.7 million people of voting age in New York City, but it doesn't say registered voters, so... I mean, that's one fifth of, uh, that's yeah. one fifth of voters. That's significant. I don't know, man. I thought the constitution had, uh, provisions preventing this, but that would only cover federal elections, I right. suppose. And, um, they're, they're, what they're talking about here are municipal elections yeah, not statewide or federal elections and i guess but that's where it all starts yeah of course that's right you say that all the time yeah, of course that's where it starts their, their, yeah. their goal obviously their ultimate goal is to i mean it's what happened with gender ideology right first right. we had legalized gay marriage and and now we're we're letting your kids gen, mutilate their genitals right yeah there's a slippery slope here we have to be concerned about it's going to be, begin with municipal elections. Oh, it's just a, it's just the school board. It's just the city council. And uh, and it, it just, you know, it's a progression. Well, OK, well, then Congress, Senate, president. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's ridiculous. It's our sovereignty being stripped away from us. Because now, what's to prevent a nation, a foreign hostile nation, what's to prevent them sending people over? Right. You know? What's to prevent China installing people in New York City, or, or even worse, operatives in New York City, getting, make it in, in a legal capacity, having them run for office in one of the boroughs and filling that borough with a bunch of illegal immigrants with work papers who then elect a Chinese communist into office. 
we reported on a story about the Chinese government having a police, like a police bureau, a police office in New York. And we know yeah. they have spies here. Yeah. We know their spies are diddling dating our freaking politicians. Yeah. Yes. The Chinese spies are dating congressmen. Uh, and Who are still and, congressmen. And driving them around in their limos. Uh, Nancy so, Pelosi's uh, driver, security or whatever, was a, a spy, right? I think it was Pelosi. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, of what's course, nuts was, uh, uh, Swalwell. Yeah. Eric Swalwell. The farter was banging, banging a spy. Banging Fang Fang. Fang Fang, yeah. <laughs> fang Fang, that's right. Unbelievable. Ugh. But no, what's to prevent one Literally of our... Literally can't make this stuff up. Seriously, what's to prevent our enemies from doing this? Uh, having a, a Chinese national member of the Communist Party, become a citizen in, in the United States, reside in New York, run for office, and then pack whatever borough they run in, pack it with uh, illegal, have them run in Chinatown. Have right. them run in Chinatown and pack it full of uh, illegal immigrants with work papers authorized by the Biden administration and um, elect us a Chinese communist. Just the first step, folks. I don't know if we said hi to our Rumple before I distracted you with my little rant earlier, but hi, Rumple. Rumple said, what happened to those uh, private Chinese police stations? Right. I don't think we know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, nothing. I'm guessing nothing. They're still out there. Yes. They're still out there. I'm going to skip that, and we're going to go jump straight to this. I'm guessing what happened is folks just stopped talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's the wrong, uh, that's the wrong screen. Bipartisan group files petition to block Trump from the 2024 ballot in Minnesota, Danielle. That's your neck of the woods. That is. That Four, is. Or, although it's also going on in my neck of the woods. So right. we'll talk about that. Uh, former Secretary of State Gene Grow leads the coalition of voters saying Trump should be barred. Not the only place. Let's talk about where else this is happening. Colorado. There's uh, a lawsuit happening there to remove Trump from the ballot. Michigan. Obviously, Minnesota, where um, Danielle is, New Hampshire, Arizona. Yes. And then suits have been filed in West Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Nevada, Montana, Utah, Kansas, Idaho, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. Those are the places that are trying to remove Trump from the ballot, utilizing a... Clause Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, Danielle. So, here's what I figured we would do tonight. Try to figure out whether they're going to be successful. Because it, it might matter. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say, no way. And of course, I've heard a lot of people on the other side saying, yeah, he's, he's automatically dismissed. Let's get into this. This was, uh, this was from a paper. Let me find the names of the, uh, of the two who wrote this. Um, two fellas named Blod and Paulson. Um, just a, it's a little abstract they put together explaining why Donald Trump can be, uh, can be prevented from running. 
Section 3 of the 14th Amendment forbids holding office by former office holders who then participate in insurrection or rebellion. Because of a range of misperceptions and mistaken assumptions, Section 3's full legal consequence have not been appreciated or enforced. This article corrects those mistakes by setting forth the full sweep and force of Section 3. First, Section 3 remains an enforceable part of the Constitution, not limited to the Civil War, and not effectively repealed by 19th century amnesty legislation. Second, Section 3 is self-executing, operating as an immediate disqualification from office, without the need for additional action by Congress. It can and should be enforced by every official, state or federal, who judges qualifications. Third, to the extent of any conflict with prior constitutional rules, Section 3 repeals, supersedes, or simply satisfies them. This includes the rules against bills of attainer or, or ex post facto laws, the due process clause, and even the free speech principles of the First Amendment. Fourth, Section 3 covers a broad range of conduct against the authority of the constitutional order, including many instances of indirect participation or, or support as aid or comfort. It covers a broad range of former offices, including the presidency, and in particular, it disqualifies former President Donald Trump and potentially many others because of their participation in the attempted overthrow of the 2020 presidential election, Danielle. That's the abstract from their paper. None of that is necessarily the law. Right, that's simply their argument. It's their interpretation, their argument of right. the uh, of the clause. Trump supporters might argue that disqualifying him would be unfair without a trial and conviction on the January sixth indict indictment. Pardon me, and perhaps the Georgia charges. But Baud and Paulson, using originalist interpretation, the interpretive theory of choice of the powerful Federalist Society and Trump's conservative court appointees, which give full meaning to the actual original text of the Constitution, demonstrate that no legal proceeding is required. They say disqualification is automatic, or what is known in the legal world as self-executing. So Baud and Paulson's position, Danielle, is that regardless of the outcome of the trials for these indictments, Donald Trump is already excluded from uh, holding public office. Right. Simply by virtue of the allegation. That's what they're arguing. It's, it's just the allegation. And of course, they argue that there are observed what they call crimes. Right. Um, for example, what the, what they argue he did on up to and on January 6th. Their interpretation of that is different to my interpretation of that. And of course, the court's interpretation of that is going to be different from all of our interpretations of that. But that's, that's Baud and Paulson's well, and interpretation. These guys, that's the Baud and Paulson from... Is it UPenn Law Review? Mm -hmm. So 
of course their interpretation is going to be a little bit different than, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. But of course it's, it's that view that's being, that's the basis right. of these lawsuits right. Right. in all of these yes. states. And that's a lot of states, quite frankly. That's a lot of different states with a lot, a lot of, of different courts that have the potential of coming to a lot of different conclusions, right? That'll play a part in this towards the end. Trump would certainly challenge the move in federal court, but the recent disqualification proceeding against former North Carolina rep Madison Cawthorn provides a roadmap and binding legal precedent affirming the 14th Amendment as a valid legal ground for disqualification of a candidate for federal office. This is where it starts to matter, and this is actually where it got my attention, because quite frankly, I, I wasn't taking any of this seriously. Right. Until I read this and then started researching. Madison Colthorn, people remember him. He was uh, hard right Madison in, the, in his little wheelchair. Yeah, he's wheelchair. that little cute boy. Yeah. Um, in, uh, I, I can't remember where he was, Colorado or something nope. like that. I don't know. North was Carolina. He? North where Carolina. he's from? Isn't he from North Carolina? Is it North Carolina? It didn't I it just so, say yeah. in that graphic North Carolina as well? Yes. Yeah, North, North Carolina, Carolina yeah. Madison Colthorn. Now, he didn't win his primary. Right. But there was a law, there was already a lawsuit ongoing, Danielle. The same thing that they, they're challenging uh, Donald Trump with, right? They're, they used the same arguments against Madison Cawthorn that he was, he, he, he could not hold public office because he had participated in an insurrection. Right. Madison Cawthorn's uh, defense was that a amnesty bill that was passed in the 19th century protected him. It exempted him from this. So here's what happened. During the Civil War, after the Civil War, I should say, those folks that fought for the South, the South lost that, right? Okay, just checking. Those folks that fought for the South, their, their representatives faced this um, 14th Amendment, third section of the 14th Amendment challenge, right? Right. After the Civil War, because they'd... they'd that was a big, fat insurrection. Yes, yes, that was a... That, that was Dude, we held... Actual, I mean, we might not have won it, but we held a good insurrection. Yes. I mean, we were some insurrecting motherfuckers back then. <laughs> yes. Um, and so they, they faced this, right? Well, right. then in the, in the 19th, or some point after that, sometime in the 19th century, an amnesty bill was written that... Um, effectively forgave those insurrectionists if they swore an oath. It was a specific oath that was written for the purpose. Uh, they still weren't able to hold office. No, no, that's not true. It, 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 they were even allowed to hold office after this if they t took this oath of allegiance, okay, to, right. the, to the new United States effectively. 
Madison Cawthorn was using the defense that that amnesty bill was his uh, his legal shield for the actions he undertook leading up to and on January 6th. He didn't even bother trying to argue that it wasn't an insurrection and he wasn't part of the insurrection. His legal argument was that the amnesty bill protected him and a court agreed with him and they threw out the challenge. The challenge went to appeal, Danielle. It went to the Fourth Circuit. This was the uh, this is the the case itself, and it went to the Fourth Circuit. And this is the Fourth Circuit's. This is the this this is the. It's a long decision. It's sixty four pages. This is the uh, this is the the last paragraph. A few words about what we have not decided. We express no opinion about whether Representative Cawthorn is in fact engaged in insurrection or rebellion or is otherwise qualified to serve in Congress. We likewise do not consider whether Article 1, Section 5 of the Constitution reserves such determinations exclusively to the House of Representatives or whether states may play a role in regulating ballot access based unconstitutional qualifications under the time, place, and manner clause of Article 1, Section 4. Nor do we reach Representative Cawthorn's due process and First Amendment claims. We hold only that the 1872 Amnesty Act does not categorically exempt all future rebels and insurrectionists from the political disabilities that otherwise would be created by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The judgment of the district, therefore, reversed, vacated, and remanded. Madison Court, this is legal precedent now. I mean, and that's kind of valid. Like... It is legally That was like valid. a one-time, like, get-out-of-insurrection-free card. Yes. And you can't, if that, and I believe this is what they're saying, and I know you just read this, but if that stands moving forward, then that you can't be insurrectiony and run for office means nothing. Right. And this So, is, I mean, as much as I hate it, that's valid. Right. And this is where it becomes tricky. This is why right. this is why, you know, I wasn't taking any of this seriously until I learned, oh, shit, there's case law. There's case law governing this. It's already been decided, or at least this particular aspect of it has already been decided. But this is an aspect of it. This is one of the primary means of defense that Donald Trump's legal team would turn to. To, to, to show his eligibility to be able to hold office. And it just got thrown out by a federal circuit court. They said, oh, oh no, you're, it, the, 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 uh, the Amnesty Act doesn't protect you, sunshine. Mm -hmm. So you roll yourself back to North Carolina never to hold public office again. There's a lot of, I said this before, 
there's a lot of states, which means a lot of different courts, and there's going to be a lot of different interpretations of, first of all, that case law, and second of all, all the other aspects of it, right? The uh, providing aid and support and all that. Right. That, there's no case law on that just yet, or at least, uh, well, I'm sure there is from the Civil War, um, but there's nothing related to the January 6th, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it an insurrection. Dust because, up. I mean, they got, their, they got their insurrection conviction, so we may as well call it that. But there is now case law for, quite frankly, the one factor that could have cleared everyone. Right. But now there's conflicting law, which means if it's appealed, and I don't know if Cawthorn or anyone in Madison Cawthorn's camp is, is appealing the Fourth Circuit, but if they do appeal the Fourth Circuit, one of the places they can appeal to is the Supreme Court. I'm going to the wrong page. One of the places they can appeal to is the Supreme Court. However, the Supreme Court just declined to consider one of these lawsuits, Danielle. Supreme Court declines to consider long-shot bid to disqualify Trump for running for president. This one, unrelated to any of these other cases that are been filed in all these other um, all these other states, the Supreme Court said Monday it will not take up a long shot challenge to Trump's eligibility to run for president because of his alleged role in the January sixth attack on the U.S. Capitol. The case was brought by John Anthony Castro, a little known candidate for the Republican presidential nomination, who sued Trump earlier this year in an effort to get him from running for president and holding the office, given his alleged provision of aid or comfort to the convicted criminals and insurrectionists that violently attacked our United States Capitol on January 6th, 2021. The case was denied without comment or recorded vote. It's possible that they chose not to hear it because they thought what I thought. It's nothing. Why dignify it? Why dignify it with a hearing? And there's no, there's no, um, conflict. Commentary on it. Well, there's I'm no, sorry. yeah, there's no conflict on this one that compels no. the court to, to hear it or, or reach a decision. The Cawthorn case right now, there's a conflict. Right, there a lower court and a, a an appeals court and appellate court right. have conflicting um, rulings. The appellate court has sent it back; they've remanded it back to the lower court. But as of right now, the case law, at least in the Fourth Circuit, is that any um, anyone who took part in a insurrection type behavior uh is ineligible to hold public office right the fourth circuit includes north and south carolina it looks like uh virginia what's next to virginia west virginia that way or <laughs> west virginia yes west yeah. virginia 
and um, and whatever's on uh, the northeast of Virginia. That's Maryland and Delaware goes that way, and then up okay. into Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and then New England. Okay, Pennsylvania and uh, Jersey, I think, are third circuit. So the fourth circuit's North and South Carolina, South and East of Virginia. And uh, no, I, I know it's for West, East and West Virginia. Well, I don't know what the fuck they are. It's the Virginias. Virginia and West Virginia is the one that looks like that. Then Maryland and uh, other places. Maryland and Delaware are the little bitty ones that go out into the ocean up underneath Jersey. Yeah. Interestingly enough, all states that have these lawsuits pending that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, five states and one district because of the District of Columbia. One, two, yeah. Isn't that right? Is it, I mean, how do they North vote in D.C.? Do they vote as part of Virginia? I think uh, they Maryland, maybe? Yeah, it's one of those. I don't. I think D.C. votes separately and have their own representation, I believe. I thought they didn't. I thought because... I thought that was like the thing is that they don't have their own representation because they're the seat of government. Well, then let's say it's just five then. It's not five plus D.C., it's just five. Right. That's five states that... Guessing how they're going to rule because of this case law, I don't think, as of right now, I don't think they have any choice but to rule that Donald Trump is ineligible to hold office. That's five states immediately off the table where Trump would have to run as a, a write-in. Okay, and that was going to be my next question. Yeah, but a write-in, well, isn't going to win. Well, I mean, it's Donald Trump. You don't think? Maybe. Yeah, it's Donald Trump. Maybe people would go to the polls and write in his name. But what do you think those poll workers are going to do? They're going to say, oh, well, that's illegible. I, I can't, can't read, read it, that. So what's going to And that's how they keep write-ins from winning. Same way they get Joe Biden to win. Well, I can't read that signature, but I'm going to accept this ballot anyway. We can't validate that signature, but we're going to accept this anyway. That's how Joe Biden won mail-in ballots that were unvalidated and were just accepted. That's how he got 80-odd, whatever it was, 81 million votes. And I know this for a fact because the absentee ballot rejection rate in, in any other election is around 8%. And in the 2020 election, it was one-tenth of a percent. I'm, don't quote me on those numbers. They're close. Larry knows the exact right. numbers. Right, yeah, he knows all that stuff. Um, and, but but I, I'm close to what the actual rejection rates were. It was a fraction of the historical rejection rate of mail-in votes. And so, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these, um, I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these 2000 Mueller's. Right. Right. I actually think ballot harvesting is a legitimate practice. And I think Republicans should be doing it in, in every state that they're legally allowed to do it because that's how Democrats went, won this election. What I do expect is for the rule of law 
to be followed by these election offices where they actually do what the law specifies they do, which is validate the signature on the ballot with the one on record. And if they don't match, the ballot gets tossed. That's what I expect to happen. That did not happen in 2020. We know it didn't happen because we can look at the historical number of ballot rejections and compare the two. Right. We know for a fact that didn't happen. We're down a rabbit hole there. That's got nothing to do. Yeah. That, yeah. I just I wanted to make sure you were yeah. done before I brought us back because. But OK, but, but could Trump this? do right in? Yes. But that's how hang they'll on, stop hang him. On, hang, on, hang on. Break this down for the slow kids in the back, because I, I, I'm a little bit freaked out right now. Are we talking about primaries? Are we talking about the election? Like where, when, what, what? I mean, it, it, would, af me. it would affect him immediately in the primaries okay. because he would be so, he would be prohibited from being on the ballot in the primaries. All right. So rub your crystal ball. And if this happens. OK, let me let you ask the question first. Go on. I don't even know what to ask. So if he gets. So it's primaries, right? So it's trying to decide who we're going to run. Yep. So then it's. It's going to be DeSantis. So then do people come out and vote or for Vivek? I think Vivek's polling higher than Ron right now, isn't he? I don't. Okay. I didn't I think so. I could be wrong. Anyway, I, go on. It's, I think you're wrong, but. Okay. Um, Let's assume it's DeSantis. So, I mean, that, I mean, Trump's just not even on the. Yeah, it wouldn't. He couldn't even, he couldn't even make an, it, he could do an independent run at that point as a write-in candidate. Right. Uh, but that guarantees that guarantees a win for the Democrat. Right. Because you're splitting the Republican vote at that point. Because Which you'd you have, know he'll do. You'd have the Republican nominee on the ballot. You'd have Trump as an independent write-in, and and even if even if he were to win, would it be certified with right. case law? on the books that says, no, he's illegible. He's ineligible to hold public office. We are living in the twilight zone. So it's going yep. to be a, a Democrat candidate or Republican candidate, a Kennedy and Donald Trump all running in this like guerrilla election for president. The only thing, the only path forward at least in the fourth circuit that I see is for Madison Cawthorn or whomever his representatives are to appeal this to the Supreme court. And it still doesn't mean it's going to get there in time to be heard right. before the primaries. The primaries are in May, I think. I don't know. Hey, can I just, I know we don't acknowledge trolls, but can I just acknowledge that Biden loves you all? Biden loves you all as long as you're not he, Jewish he, or Israeli, in which case, fuck you and go ahead and give up and let people slaughter your citizens. I mean, he so loves. Other than that, Biden loves you all. He loves your kids. That's, oh, he does love sniffing loves your kids. Loves diddling and sniffing yes. kids. I'll tell you that yes. much. Uh, not a big fan of blacks, though. Oh, Joe Biden. Right. 
I'll play. Yeah. You know, maybe if uh, maybe if Biden loves you all comes back, I'll play the great Joe Biden's greatest racist hits. Maybe I'll play those <laughs> because yeah, he, he let's let's put it that change your name to Biden loves some of you at least. Yeah, let's be let's be honest. The, yeah, a select few Biden, of you. Biden loves some of you. And yeah, he's, I'll tell you what, whoever, I, don't, I shouldn't say he, that might be, that could be a, a, a male, could be a female. I don't want to assume. Uh, I know it's uh, a, re- not, I, I know it's a retard. Yeah. I based just, on, based on this, yeah, I'm guessing maybe yeah. it doesn't know either. It may have been male and now be female. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know whether Who it's knows? male or female, but I yeah. do know it's, it's retarded. Um, yeah. Trump, Trump lost. Not, uh, and I we, mean, we know how he lost. We know exactly right, yeah, how he yeah. lost. And anybody, all you have to do is look at the numbers. You just look at the data. Look at the rate of rejected absentee ballots. And that is the path. This is the world we live in now. This is the America we live in. Ballots that historically would have been rejected for a lack of a matching signature are now accepted. And, you know, until there's, until there's uh, lawsuits challenging that, which are very unlikely to come simply because, uh, yeah. Hang on. <laughs> I, I know. I'm going to do- stop. Yeah. I'm going to stop. <laughs> but nobody with a doctorate says doctorate degree. Mm-hmm. So little troll, figure out your jargon. Yeah. Ask um, me how I know. Yeah, ask her how she knows. Um, I'm sorry, I'm and, done. And I'm not going to play with that one yeah, anymore. Whatever they, you know, if they want to come back, they can come back. If not, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But we know how Joe Biden won. We know exactly right. how he won. We've been through all the data on a precinct by precinct basis here. Here, because that's the party I, you know, I'm involved with the party here. We've been through it on a precinct by precinct date basis. We've we've compared the data to the historical data, and we know exactly how Joe right. Biden won. This time around, they don't have the cover of COVID, and they don't have, at least in a lot of states, they don't have mass mailing, mail out of absentee ballots. So it's going to be a little harder to rack up the numbers that they racked up. And notice I'm not saying illegal votes. I'm not saying fraudulent ballots. These were legal ballots, but they were spoiled ballots that in every election up until 2020 would have been rejected as the law requires. But under the emergency authorization rules for 2020, they were accepted. Right. Those emergency authorization rules don't apply anymore. So now whether they'll be re-implemented for 2024 remains to be seen, but they certainly don't apply right now. But there are, so there's five states under the Fourth Circuit. We have states in every single circuit district that have these lawsuits pending, some of which are going to look at this case law from the Fourth Circuit. Right. And this is, I mean, at the end of the day, this is good law. Right. Even if this goes to the Supreme Court, I don't see grounds for the court overturning it. I I don't see it. 
And Biden has a good point here. The abortion issue, nothing gets Dems. And I'm not even being a dick now. We've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. This was downplayed. I didn't think this was going to be a big issue in the midterms. And it was huge. Huge that nothing gets Dems out to vote like killing babies. Yep. They they love I killing mean, babies, kind of man. Dick, but it's true. That's going to be a huge issue Listen, for them. Dem- Democrats will fight tooth and nail to keep the right to murder children. Yep. And that's just, the, again, that's the world we now live in. It's more important for them to be able to murder babies than for you to have your, your you know, First Amendment rights. Right. Quite frankly, They'll gladly, they'll suspend any right as long as it, it reserves the right to murder babies because they're just good people. They're right. good people like that. That's how yeah. they roll. So um, they support Palestine. It's the murdering of the babies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, man, they're having little wet dreams right now, the Dems over at Palestine. Yeah, this, this, uh, I, I thought this was nothing. I thought, oh, my God, it's just a yeah, bunch of we, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, because all the lawsuits that have been filed that the courts came back and said you don't have standing when you would have thought, oh, of course they have standing. And not only have these uh, petitioners been granted standing in every single state that they've brought these challenges, obviously to compliant courts. None of these have been brought in front of, uh, for example, a Trump appointed judge. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they've all been brought in. in right. To, to, yes like Obama appointed judges so far. Um, But even if they were brought in front of a Trump appointed judge, I don't think the judge would have any choice, but to, to rule this same way that the um, they're, they're not protected by the amnesty act. Right. I think this is a problem for Donald Trump. You know, and to give credit where credit's due, Rumpel called me about a month ago, flipping out about this, and I was that's, like, "Oh, that's why we're this talking. This can't happen. This if yeah. it's the United States, this we're, can't happen." But the more he talked, the more I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. we're talking can about this happen." We're talking about it because Rumpel, uh, I think, posted something on locals about it. And, and, and I said, you know, I, I had the stories already pulled up, uh, about the, the one in your neck of the woods. But again, I, I'd, I'd really dismissed it as nothing. Oh, it's nothing. This ain't going anywhere. Right. I think this may have legs and I don't know that there's time to get it sorted fully in the right. Supreme court before the midterms. Well, yeah, that's the other question is. When would they hear it? Yeah. Now, obviously, it depends how fast the rest of these lawsuits move in these other states. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it could be um, could be a bit iffy. Let's do some real quick fight. I'm going to get to this. I know we're going to go over a little bit, but I want to talk about this because I think it's, um, it's not funny, but it's very interesting. Got two stories here. Homes, uh, new home sales surge higher, up 34% over year over year. That would paint a rather rosy picture for the housing market, would it not, Danielle? It would. Up, you 30, did, yeah. up 34%. It's fantastic. The very same day, both, both October 25th, by the way, the very same day, we got this report. 
Mortgage rates soar to the highest point in 23 years as Americans struggle to buy homes. You have to go down into this story a little bit. And um, a little bit. You have to read past the first paragraph effectively. Mortgage applications sank even further. Here we go. Mortgage applications sank even further with application volume declining 1% from the previous week when seasonally adjusted to the lowest weekly pace since 1995. 30 years. The lowest pace of mortgage applications in 30 years. And yet we have one of the strongest surges in the housing market that we've ever seen. What did, what would that lead you to surmise, Danielle? I don't more, know. More homes are being sold, yet fewer mortgages are being issued. Are pe- people are buying cash? I think that this surge is attributable to investment companies paying cash liquidating they're they're or I, i'm not gonna the, go or uh, the thing about the surge is fudging the numbers is that real so we've we've talked about this a lot right um wealthy people don't like to sit on assets because they become a liability right they become a tax liability And so let's say a company buys an apartment complex. They will immediately, they'll leverage that complex. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll pull out the equity. They'll they'll leverage the equity and they'll use the equity to do something else because it lowers their tax burden on the apartment complex. Now imagine this 10,000 times bigger than just one apartment complex. Imagine this as the nation, the nation as a whole, all of these, uh, all of these major corporations in a, in a time where the, the, I mean, everybody, quite frankly, is saying these people need to start paying their fair share in taxes, right? A great way to a great way to lessen that burden, a legal way to lessen that burden is to uh, is to take out equity as debt and use that to finance other projects. I think that's what we're seeing here. It would also explain well, number one, all the phone calls we all get, mm-hmm. you know, twenty four seven from people trying to buy our homes. Let me make you an offer on your home. The reality is there's a lot of liquidity in the private sector right now in America. And we've talked about this before. Um, In fact, very recently we were talking about it. And I said, I wouldn't even know where to tell people to put money right now, except real estate, right? And this real estate bubble is going away, even if, and I, I even said that day, and I'm hesitant to say real estate yeah, because it's can't. remarkably falsely inflated right. and you're just putting, you're putting your equity at risk by doing that. But I can't recommend, I can't rec- recommend gold, can't recommend silver. They're both climbing, well, gold's down re, uh, uh, the, last, uh, the last week, but silver's on the climb. Futures, futures are a bad investment right now. There's nowhere, there's no good option to invest 
equity at the moment. And if you're sitting on a shit ton of equity and you just have to get rid of it to avoid getting taxed on it, an easy and relatively safe way to do it is real estate. And I think that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing record, we're seeing record low, more not record low, but 30-year low mortgages, and yet record house home sales. I think these are investment firms buying up all this property. That makes sense, yeah. That's going to make for a very tight housing and a very expensive housing market for uh I feel sorry for these for these younger generation the the millennial younger millennials and especially Gen Zers who are going to be they're going to be running straight into a brick wall. The American dream of home ownership has all but disappeared. Well, for you know kids. Al and I know we're at, we're way over time already but we talked about this that this started with the first time home and I don't know if there was one before this but I know of the first time home buyer program back in the early 2000s yeah. that got people who should not have been homeowners into home ownership mm -hmm. and those people got into you know starter homes but instead of being in the type of situation where you get into a starter home you build up equity and then you move up to the next home they were stuck in that starter home because they... Well, they were already leveraged. I know three people that took advantage of that. Only one of them still owns the house. Only one still owns the place. Yeah. So because the idea is you qualify for a loan and through that qualification, you show that you have that you're worthy right? That you have the kind of job that's going to allow you to make those bills and work your way up and sell that house and get a better house yeah. because the lender wants to continue to lend to you. Yeah. And those people were not that. So they're staying in those homes and taking that part out of the market. And that's so a big chunk of that's already gone. So that's why now starter homes are starting at, you know, $220,000 instead of $100,000. Yeah. Add inflation to that, add the bubble to that, and I don't know how you get into a home. Well, and, and here's what I think we're going to start see happening now. It's less risky for an investment firm to do this because even if they sell at a loss, they get to expense that loss, right? right. That that loss is a, a tax deduction. So, so for them... Um, it's a little bit easier to do this. They can buy it. They can rent it out. The, 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 the cost of rental covers the taxes. Right. When, when things calm down a little bit, they can start to put these homes on the market. If they have to sell at a loss, they can write off the depreciation. So this is what, that's what they do. They're right. okay with it. In the meantime, what they're doing is, and this is just even more evidence that this entire housing bubble that we're facing, the reason young people can't buy homes right now is because the investment banking market has flooded this sector and just pumped it through the roof. I mean, home, home prices are insane right now. Anyone looking to buy right now is screwed because their asset is not going to be worth. There's maybe a five-year window where they're going to have equity in their home at today's prices 
before these values start to plummet. I said, I said 18, 12 to 18 months after the end of the eviction moratorium, we're going to see the beginnings of a housing crisis. Record low mortgage mortgage applications is one of those signs. Right. That's one of those signs. It might be offset a little bit by these, and I'm not saying that this is a good thing. It might be offset a little bit by these investment bankers or whoever they are, these uh, equity firms going in and buying up properties. But at some point they have to dump those properties onto the market. Right. We don't know what condition those properties are going to be in at that point. We don't know right. what they're going to fetch, but it has the potential of bringing down the value of everything across the board. And watch for this too. Um, what sort of one way that realtors are told now to deal with this market is to tell their buyers, don't like commit to the home, not the mortgage, right? That because they're having to be put into these mortgages with these exorbitantly high interest rates. So they're being told, well, you're buying this home, right? You're, you're committing to the home, not the mortgage, and you can refinance. So get the home, especially in this market, you have to fight for the home anyway. So commit to the home, not the mortgage, and you can refinance, but there's no indication that the market's going to get any better. So these people who are expecting to be able to finance their ways or to refinance their way out of this awful mm -hmm. interest rate are going to be stuck. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, Rumpel, is people yep. like BlackRock and Vanguard who are buying this shit up, falsely inflating the market. They're, they're obviously should, I don't want to call it money laundering because it's, well, let's assume it's not, let's assume it's legal uh, legally uh, acquired money, but they're also leveraging these properties because again, they're not going to want a tax burden on those. So they'll buy it, right? They'll take out whatever they can against its equity and invest that somewhere else. It's going to be an ongoing, it's, it's, let me tell you, let me tell you what it's akin to. It's akin to bad mortgage stacked on top of bad mortgage packaged together into a little security and then sold on to the sold next the guy. Yep. That's what it's akin to. It's almost like they found a loophole, a loophole to Dodd-Frank. Almost like they found a loophole to Dodd-Frank. It's not going to end well. No. Um, again, we've no, been talking, we've been talking about this for a while. The, the crash is the crash is coming and every bit of this is, is just compounding the issue. And when it comes, it's going to be deep. It's going to be hard and it's going to cover the, the here's, here's a little good news on the horizon, by the way, there's a project going on here. It's actually happening in Atlanta where they've bought up vacant office buildings, you know, these high rises, and they're converting them into low income housing, which I think is a brilliant idea. Listen, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it to avoid them becoming the housing projects of the, you know, the, the 2030s. Um, but I still, I do think it's a good idea because there is a, there is a, a well, there's a, there's a shortage of low-income housing. Right. They're buying these buildings for pennies on the dollar, 
and being able to convert them for it's quite expensive right now but compared to building them from scratch this is a remarkably affordable way to do it which is far less burdensome to the taxpayer and if it's managed the right way if if candidates are qualified the way if they're vetted and meet the qualifications they need to meet in order to sustain home ownership i think this could be a very good path forward but um who knows keep an eye out for programs like that in your own states if they happen let me know it's happening here in atlanta i think it's a pretty good idea to be honest with you but yeah, i think it's a great see. idea like you said um yeah if it's well managed yeah it, it could exactly be great. execution matters yeah in instances like this but yeah uh i just i wanted to go over this story because on the very same day we had these two these yeah. the very two contradicting uh, contradicting images of the uh, of the real estate market, um, and I don't know if other people noticed it. I just wanted to to bring it here and show people. I'll tell you what we didn't get to is um, uh, Joe Biden's historic two trillion hole in the federal deficit. Just add that to this. Right. And that's the and blow the blow the problem even wider and say, thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Bidenomics. Yes. We're out of time, Danny. In fact, we're, yeah. we're over time. Thank we're you. Over Rumpel, time. thank you for the super chats. We yes. uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Keeping us uh, keeping keeping us in Halloween candy. Yes. <laughs> Rumpel's a superstar. Go dogs. All right, y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us. We love you all. We appreciate you, and we will see you back here on Thursday. Bye, guys. See you. Bye, friends. Thanks.